For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Chris Mercer, and we're going to explore how to use Google Analytics to eliminate uncertainty. And trust me, you're going to love this podcast episode. By the way, want to reach me? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Chris Mercer. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Chris Mercer. If you don't know who Mercer is, you need to know who he is. He's the world's leading authority on Google Analytics and the founder of Measurement Marketing IO. He has extensive courses on Google Analytics, Tag Manager, and much more over at measurementmarketing.io. Mercer, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. So, Today, we're going to talk about how to use Google Analytics to eliminate uncertainty because we are, as of this recording, in the end of April 2020, definitely in a time of uncertainty. So I would love to ask, you know, why measurement marketing? Why is it so important when it comes to everything that's going on right now? Just talk to me a little bit. Yeah, that's a really great question because in times of uncertainty, visibility becomes incredibly important. You can't, it used to be that that phrase back in the day, they were like, well, there's these unknown knowns and then there's like unknown unknowns and like none of that stuff we can afford anymore as business owners. You can't afford the randomness. You need to be able to see as much as the chessboard as you possibly can, you know, and I'll mix a ton of metaphors here, but it's, we have to steer the ship, right? Mm-hmm. Through what are essentially rapids right now. We went from a nice calm river, at least a lot of businesses did. And now all of a sudden there's rapids and we're trying to evolve getting knocked over or hitting the rocks and we got to get our teams through it. And we need visibility to, to do that. And that's essentially what measurement marketing is really there for. I think the best way that I've ever thought about measurement marketing is there is a, a conversation in a sales process. If you and I were at a store and I was trying to sell you a set of golf clubs or whatever it is, the two of us would have a conversation, probably at this point, six feet away, but we would have that conversation. That's happening right now with people and websites. They're having a conversation with the website. And the idea is that with measurement, which is analytics and tag manager and all that, when you measure what's going on on the website, that's essentially you 
listening to their side of the conversation. Because you can tell by the behaviors that they're taking, how far down they're scrolling, what buttons they're clicking on, what pages they're seeing. You can get an idea of their interest, right? What, what they're actually telling you. And then the marketing part of things, right? So you got measurement, which is all about the listening. The marketing part is when we talk back. It's when we keep the conversation going. So it might be changing our copy on the pages, changing the offers that we're giving them, maybe changing audience targeting if we have to. So that's what the whole measurement process is. is measurement is the idea of listening to that conversation marketing is the idea of keeping that conversation going. And right now, when you are a measurement marketer, you have the most potential visibility into that conversation so that you can steer the ship and get through, you know, regardless of, of what's going on now, just in general, so that you can grow. Yeah. Well, and I have a couple of thoughts on this as well. If you think about where we are and where we were, most of us listening were in a age of prosperity just a few months ago where, at least in America, and I'm sure all around the world, business was booming. Customers were lining up waiting to do business with us and times were good. Now we're in a different era where unemployment is high. People are more careful about how they spend their money. And it's more important now for us marketers to actually know what's working and what isn't. Where before we could be a little lazy because Hey, it's working. (laughs) Something's working, right? What's your thoughts on that? Totally agree. It comes down to back in the day, right? Which again, like you you said, it's a few months ago at this point, but back in the day, it was results that mattered. And as long as you knew the results and you could prove your results and you could talk about the results you were getting, everything was fine. But now that's not enough. We have to know the results and we know have to know how we're getting those results. And if we're an agency doing this like traffic for other clients or something, we have to know the results that we're getting for those clients and we have to know how we're getting those results for those clients so that we can constantly improve things. Because again, the more visibility we have into what's working and what's not, the more likely we are to actually be able to improve things. Or if we work for a company, we have to be able to make smart decisions about where to take what limited resources we have and double down, right? Because the truth of the matter is that we might have to let go of some of the things that we've done before and we'll know what to focus on, what not to focus on because we're going to dig a little deeper and we'll be able to, you know, for lack of better words, measure our marketing. So where do we start? (laughs) <laughs> That's a good open-ended question. <laughs> yeah. Where, where does this whole thing start? I, I tell you, it really comes down to figuring out what's working and what's not as fast as possible. And the way to do that is really, it's two questions. One is really figuring out where's my traffic coming from and then figuring out what results am I getting from that traffic. So we can kind of break it down into those two things. Perfectly. The first step is, is really figure out where the traffic is coming from. In Google Analytics, they make that very easy. There's something called UTM parameters. Anybody here can Google those. We've got some tools on as well that, that help people with that stuff. But with these little parameters, you basically put these little parameters on the end of URLs and they identify traffic sources. So instead of just going into your Google Analytics and knowing that it came from, let's say, Google Organic Search Engine or some referral site or that it was direct none, right, which is basically analytics saying, I don't know, they just sort of showed up on your site. You could see things like, oh, they came from this podcast or they came from the speaking or they came from this email that was just sent out. People can measure that sort of stuff. And so now instead of just seeing general ideas of where your traffic is coming from, you can get very, very, very specific ideas of where your traffic is coming from. That's the first step is tagging all that in and using UTMs to do that. And whenever anybody asks me, okay, what's the one thing I should always start with? That's it. Because if you don't 
tag that traffic in. If you're not using UTM parameters, and if you've ever clicked on an email, and I would do this for sure, if you're clicking on different emails that you might get in your own email box, you can click on it, you'll see in the URL, it'll say like, go to the webpage, and it'll say UTM underscore source equals, and UTM medium, un, you know, underscore medium equals, and UTM underscore campaign equals. That's what we see. Those are those little identifiers. But when you get really good at identifying your traffic, then you can tie it to results. And now you know which traffic sources are actually bringing you which sort of results. If you just start with setting goals or setting up your e-commerce or something like that, even if you know the results, you still can't tie it to the original traffic source. So you still don't have an action that you can really take, at least not nothing super meaningful. So that's why it's so important to start with traffic, traffic, traffic. Make sure that you've got your traffic tagged coming in. Then you move on to the results side of things. Hold there for a second because I want to dig in on this. So uh, we've got a simple link for everyone. If you go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash UTM, that will automatically forward you to Google's uh, campaign URL builder. And I think it's worth just narrowing down a little bit on the source medium and campaign source, campaign medium and campaign name because you know we inside of Social Media Examiner and Chris over in his organization are militant about using source medium and campaign name. And the reason why it's so important is because when you have access to that information, you can go into Google Analytics and you can get really specific and you can know down to unbelievably granular levels of detail all. I mean, you can take it down to the individual Facebook ad. You could be running 20 ads and you could just have one ad and you can tell things like how much time are people spending on site just on this one ad? Is it converting better on mobile or desktop? Is it bringing in any revenue, right? So just give us a quick high level best practice on the source medium and campaign name just so people can kind of like wrap their brain around this because it's worth repeating. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'll give this in stages because I'm a real big believer in and just take one idea, one new concept, one thing, you practice that, you get good enough to get going, then you come back and make it better later, right? So for anybody that's, you know, just never, ever heard of UTMs, I'd say start with that and just get used to using them. Now, the second, I'd say, opportunity that people have, people that are using UTMs is use them better, right? And that's kind of what you're talking about is the structure. Like, how do we know what the source should be? How do we know what the medium should be, which is just the type of traffic? And then how do we know what the campaign should be? So the way that we think about this, and this is what we we talk about in terms of structuring the traffic tags, because when you structure it, then you get a better story and you can start really understanding what's working and what's not, at least when it comes to your traffic. So as an example, the source, so wherever you put in for UTM source, we typically define that as whatever the brand name of the traffic source is. So if I'm advertising on Facebook, that brand name is going to be Facebook. If the traffic source is coming in from YouTube, that brand name is going to be YouTube. If the traffic source is coming in from my email, I use Infusionsoft for our CRM. So Infusionsoft is that source of traffic. It is the brand name of the traffic source. If I'm speaking on a podcast with Social Media Examiner, the brand name is Social Media Examiner. Like mm-hmm. that's going to be the brand of that podcast or from that, from that traffic source. So that's how all of the source works. It is the easiest thing to figure out. And what's nice about it is just using the definition is not messed up all that much. Like people don't call Facebook, you know, something else because that's their name, right? Right. And so using source and and just calling it the brand of the traffic is, is easy. Just use the brand name. The second one, this is a little bit trickier, is the medium. And the medium is like, I get why they use the word, but it is a very technical kind of engineering word to use. But the medium, all it really means is the type of traffic coming from that traffic source. What type of traffic is coming from Facebook? Well, it's probably paid traffic. Most people call their paid traffic CPC, cost per click. 
there you'll see things that say Facebook slash CPC. That means it was from Facebook and it was cost per click or paid traffic. Or it'll say Google slash CPC. It means it came from Google, but it was paid traffic. That's CPC traffic. So Medium is really the type. Now, it's great for paid traffic, but it's also good for things like email. So again, if I send out email, my source will be Infusionsoft. My medium, the type of traffic, would be email. If I'm using affiliate network at all, we use Infusionsoft also to manage our affiliate stuff. It would be Infusionsoft slash partner is what shows there because it's the type of traffic coming from Infusionsoft. In this case, it would be partner traffic. And if I'm using something like a podcast, then Social Media Examiner will be the source, but podcast will be the traffic type. Now, real quick, if you have an email newsletter and you do an email blast, would you recommend email underscore newsletter, email underscore blast or something like that? That's a great question. I would say as a rule, no. Really? Yeah. Source, medium, and campaign, which we'll talk about in a second, they should be your highest level. Catch-alls? Yeah, because you want to be able to mix and match as much as possible. For example, if I want to go into Google Analytics and say, hey, Google, or hey, Google Analytics, how is my Facebook traffic doing? I should be able to see a report, a story in Google Analytics that says, hey, here's how your Facebook traffic's doing. You've got 60% of your Facebook traffic was paid traffic, 30% of it was share traffic, and 10% of it was referral traffic. Okay, that lets me know where all my Facebook traffic's coming from. I know I, I've learned a lot more about my Facebook traffic. I can tie that those different types of traffic from Facebook to results that I'm getting. And then it gives me an idea of what I can do next with those traffic sources. And I can do the same thing with the mediums. So I can say, okay, how is my, for example, email traffic doing? Now, you would think, okay, well, email is going to be just the one thing you're using for email. But in my examples, in the real world, in our company, I UTM my own personal email. So if you and I were talking about something on an email and you said, hey, I want to go ahead and purchase this program, I would say, great, here's the order form link. I will UTM that. And so what I'll see is I see email traffic. I can pull a report in my Google Analytics that says, show me my email traffic. And it'll say, here's how much you're getting from Infusionsoft. Here's how much you get from Mercer, which is in this case, the brand name is Mercer. So here's how much you get from Mercer. Here's how much you get from other sources of email that might be like a webinar platform sending emails or something like that. And so I can see how all the different types of email traffic and coming through broken down by traffic source. And that's why you want to try to keep those as catch-all as possible because they, a medium should be independent of the traffic source, not necessarily reliant upon it. If it is reliant, yeah. then you can't mix and match, right? So you shouldn't do like campaign Facebook and then campaign medium shouldn't be like video ad versus. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it shouldn't be FB underscore video ad versus FB underscore like text ad or whatever. Right. So, yeah. the, so the idea is that you want to keep it generic. So it stands alone. So that leads us logically to the campaign name. That's where you can get magical with underscores and stuff like that. Right. And keep it catch all. Right. So source, medium and campaign, you keep catch off. For example, and this is where I'd say the most mistakes are made is because they, they call it, we say fracturing the campaigns. And remember, it's all about the structure here. So how well does my Facebook traffic tags, how well do they coordinate with my email traffic tags? And a popular question we'll get is like, well, you know, we sell widgets. And so we just did a big promotion for the spring campaign. And we wanted to know how well the spring widget campaign worked. And we want to sell how Facebook and email worked. Well, in Facebook, they called that spring widgets in the campaign and in email, they just called it, you know, spring. Well, they're two different campaigns because they didn't think about the traffic sources working together. They tagged them separately and independently and they fractured everything. And so they can't really see the story. So in our case, we've got a program called Win Monthly Pass. So 
everything with Win Monthly Pass has the campaign of win. It's W-I-N. That's just what we call it internally. Everything is tagged for that. So I have Facebook that focuses toward a win. I've got email traffic that focuses toward the campaign of win. I've got podcast traffic that focuses toward the campaign of win. And so I can go into my Google Analytics. And this is how you test this. Go into your Google Analytics, look at your campaigns report, click on one of those campaigns. And what you should see is a nice, pretty report, an excellent little story that says, here's all the traffic sources that are working very hard to make this campaign happen for you. And they should all be combined under that campaign. If they're not, which in most people's, they aren't, it's because all those traffic sources have their own little separate campaigns and they're all siloed and fractured and there is no cohesive story, or at least it's a lot harder to see it now because it's buried what about organic versus paid? Like, how do you delineate that? Because a lot of people do both. Mm-hmm. Would that be a, a medium thing or would that be something different? So Google or anything coming from the search engine, Google Analytics will tag on its own. No, I'm talking about like Facebook, for example. So I wouldn't call it organic. No, but I want to track the stuff that we're posting versus the ads. Absolutely. So we call our share. But um, I see social a lot more as a medium, and I love that as a medium. I think that's great. I see. The trick is stay consistent. So what you would see in your Facebook report is, okay, here's, show me all my different traffic sources from Facebook, and you would see CPC, and let's call it social, and that, which would be the stuff that you're not boosting, but you're just out there publicly doing. And then you just have referral, which is the stuff that's not tagged in. And then, kind of what we talked about earlier, you can, you can reverse that and say, well, show me just my social traffic that I'm doing. And then you put social and it'll say, oh, well, here's the stuff you're doing on YouTube. Here's the stuff you're doing on Facebook. Here's the stuff you're doing on Twitter. And it'll break all those down. Here's a little hack for everybody who's done it wrong, which is probably 99% of us, right? Yeah. You do have the search query <laughs> inside of Google Analytics, which we use, right? So any word, if you're consistent in that word, you can put that query in and then it will show you, for example, under campaign name, You know, if you did it the way we do it, where we have the product underscore and a bunch of other details, you know, as long as you're following some sort of uh, standard, if you will, librarian like methodology, you could do a search query on any campaign name and you could just summarize all that data. I mean, that's unfortunately how we do it, you know? Yeah. And and you could, right? You could say, look, show me everything that contains the word widget and spring, you know, and that would pull up all the variations of how you did spring widget. But again, then you've got to sort of piece it together and think it through. And that report really is structured so nicely as long as the UTMs are coming in there nicely. It does not work the regular way. And the way that you're talking about is, is to your point, what 99% of the people do, because in the beginning, this is sort of the evolution of analytics. In the beginning, you don't know you even can do this. Then you find out UTMs are a thing and you start using them, but you don't think about how they coordinate. You just think about, I'm going to UTM my Facebook traffic so I can see my Facebook. And then you go, oh, I'm going to UTM email traffic so I can see my email traffic. But you UTM them differently with different styles and methods and naming conventions. And so they don't coordinate. And then you evolve into, okay, let's get these to coordinate so that the story doesn't require as much analysis. I just like, in my reports, I like just having my answers there. I hate when I have to analyze anything. So I'm like, I just want to know the answers so I can get it, get out. I just want to get in the report, get the action I want to take and go do that action, you know? And when you structure your UTMs, it'll help you with that. Absolutely. What do we do? Okay. (laughs) A lot of people listening right now have been doing it wrong for a while. So should we stick with our methodology because we're not going to be able to obviously go backwards and change that stuff? What do you want to say to everybody who's been doing it wrong? I personally like the idea of it's good enough to get going and you come back and make it better because this is there's a measurement journey that happens. Like when uh, you first start out, if you're in the cave, you have no idea what's going on. Nothing's lit up. You don't even know UTMs are a thing. So you light things up and you walk yourself out of the cave because at least you've got a flashlight to I do like that. I like that. Okay, right? good, good. A lot of people are like are going to be like, okay, good. So I can change 
it then. 100%. We just have to make a note. Like if I'm going to go back and do older analysis, I'm going to have to do it differently. That's exactly right. Because the rules were different back then. Yeah. Love that. That's exactly right. And I'll tell you, and that also is why you start using the other two UTMs that nobody talks about, but are super useful, which is the term and content. Because that's where you put all these different differentiators of stuff. So if going back to your email example, so you would know it's it's your platform and then email traffic and then here's the campaign or which is the purpose of the traffic. Why am I sending this traffic to the site in the first place to achieve what purpose? Yeah. That's what the campaign is. So then you you have all those three and then the term you might put your subject line. So now you can tell what the subject of the emails were in Google Analytics and you might have three different tests that were going on. You'd see three different tests and be able to tie it to the results. And in the content section is where you could put the differentiators. Like, okay, this particular segment of people that we were, maybe it's three different lists in your autoresponder series and you could segment out the groups. You might put those in the content. If it's a Facebook ad, to your point earlier, this is where you can put, oh, well, this is the one that had the image of a horse. This is the one that had an image of an ironing board. Mm. You know, And you can really see, even if the headlines were the same and the offers were the same and everything else was the same, you can tell that, oh, well, the images were different in these two. And that's where the content comes in really useful. Again, for an email, broadcast versus autoresponder might be a good place to put that. Okay. So everybody, if you're not totally all over UTMs, you need to use it for everything. And if you've been using it wrong, you heard it right here from Mercer that you can go ahead and change it. You just have to make sure everybody knows. <laughs> and, and using it is good. I, I, I right. don't want to, you know, using it's great. So yeah. congratulations, pat yourself on the back for using them. If you want an easier to read story, right. you just improve, you know, evolve how you use them. So it's not like it's a bad thing. It's just there, there's a better way that might be more useful for you and, and consider that structure. Yep. So once we've got the UTMs in place, let's talk about goals, right? What do we need to know about goals? Because there's a lot that we could talk about here. So take it away. I'll tell you, this is the biggest learning experience because we train this stuff, right, all the time. And I've done this for many, many years. And this was the biggest kind of training the trainer lesson that I've ever learned was specifically around Google Analytics goals because all we used to do for years, like three years, we would say, all right, here's how to set up a destination goal in Google Analytics or here's how to set up an event goal in Google Analytics or whatever the thing was. And we would go back there. And we did this for years and it seemed fine until I had one brave soul kind of virtually raised their hand in, in this training and they were like, okay, like I get it, but I have no idea what a goal should be. And it was like, oh my God, like we totally missed this, right? Like it was my biggest like aha moment as a trainer to say, okay, let's face it. You can Google how to set up a goal in Google Analytics and have a million blog posts and 4 million YouTube videos. That part's not the hard part. The hard part really is the strategy. How do you figure out what a goal should be? And so we have this model now we've been teaching for a number of years uh, since that time that's come in really handy to give you a structure to figure out what a goal should be, like what should you even set as a goal? And it's ACE, A-C-E, that's all you have to remember. So the way that this works is it measures the stages of your customer journey because your customers are going through this path. They're going through the step-by-step -step process. And what most people do is they will measure the completion side of things when they actually finish whatever the process that is. So if you're a lead generation company, the you know getting a lead might be the process. If you're selling something online, obviously the purchase itself is the, the end goal that you're trying to do. And that's kind of the no-brainer one that I think a lot of people would know to set up anyway. They want to set up when somebody becomes a purchase or whatever that end goal is, that completion goal. But there are two other types of goals that you have to set up. I don't think these are optional. I think you have to set them up because you get amazing insights when you do. And again, remember, this is all about visibility, right? You want to have more visibility. So you don't want to know just what your results are, but you want to know how you're achieving your results. Because when you know the results and how, 
you can, when you know that story, you can actually improve that story better because you've got that visibility. So if we know our results, which is the completion side of things, there's two other things. It's the A and the E part of ACE, right? So A is awareness. So we measure a goal when somebody is aware of the, of the process that we want them to be aware of. And C in this ACE model, A is the awareness, C is the completion. So that's the when they've completed the thing we want them to complete. And then the E is for engagement. And that is somewhere in the middle, we want to measure something that said, okay, they, they actually went along with this. They took action, they engaged along the way. And so I'll give you an example of that. Again, going back to like the wind course that we've got. So if you've got a, a wind courses that are set up, when somebody comes into the page that shows the courses catalog, then that is an awareness goal. We trigger an awareness goal and we now know that this user is aware of the fact that we even offer this as a product. Just because they hit the page is basically. Just because they hit the page. Okay. Yep. Which is also nice because it's one of the easiest goals to set up in Google Analytics called okay. destination goal. Super simple. Okay. So just when they load that page, we're like, okay, they are now aware of that. Now, how do they engage? Well, for us, we made the engagement when the cart loads. So if they click the little buy button, they go to purchase it, the cart page loads up, we go, great, that's our engagement, right? So now we know we are aware of the process. Now we know they've engaged along with our journey. And now, of course, when they purchase, they see the thank you page and that fires the completion side of things. So aware is the page itself. Completions when they see the thank you page and in the middle is the cart. And so that's our engagement goal. So all three of these are really destination goals. We're just relabeling them where they are on the customer journey. Is that what I'm hearing you say? They don't have to be destination goals. You make them event goals or, or anything else. It's, so it's not the method in Google Analytics. It's the strategy. Okay, keep going. So in this case, you know, I'm using destination goals because they're easy to set up, but I could have easily just done this as an event goal, right? Which is what exactly? So an event goal in Google Analytics, events are something that you customize. They don't really feed into Google Analytics on their own. You have to push them into Google Analytics. That's what Tag Manager? Like Tag Manager, exactly. It's basically a customized behavior. I see. So as an example, if I had a offer page that, let's pretend the offer had a video on it that was like a 30-minute video, right, that I need you to watch. Well, the offer page might load up. That might be my awareness. And then when that video plays 50% of the way, that might be an event that I send into Google Analytics that triggers our engagement goal. Hmm. And so that's where the difference is. So you can set up a, a goal in Google Analytics based on when somebody sees a certain page or does a certain behavior, takes some sort of certain action that you can measure on the site. And it really, the sky's the limit on that, which is kind of nice. We use Vimeo and I'm pretty sure that they do in, integrate with Google Analytics and send event goals if somebody clicks play or something like that. And Tag Manager will measure that behavior so you know if they played the video, watched the entire thing, what percentage of the way they made through it. Absolutely. And for what it's worth, folks, you can do cool stuff with event goals. Like, for example, under Mercer's guidance, uh, we have event goals as people scroll certain depths of the page, right? So if you know that you are you have a long sales page and you have three quarters of the way down the page, the details of the price, you could trigger an event, right, that goes off as they hit that portion of the page. That's exactly right. And now, again, you have more of a, think about that, what we talked about in the very beginning of this, which was that the whole point of measurement marketing is listening for their side of the conversation so that you can keep the conversation going. Right. Right. So when you know that scroll is happening and when you know those behaviors are happening, you have, you understand that conversation are happening better. It's easier for you to talk to them because you understand who you're talking to. 
So going back to the A school model, and let's use your example. See if there's a, a sales page. Let's say the awareness was, hey, the second the page loads, they're aware of the product we have. Your engagement goal, maybe you set it up for a scroll. So then they scrolled halfway down. And then the completion goal, let's pretend for sake of example that the payment information was at the bottom and they just filtered out. And that mm-hmm. was the completion goal. So if you're measuring for these different stages, you will see, because this is your customer journey, they have to be aware of the page. They have to engage with the message. They have to complete the ultimate payment there's your journey and you can measure for those stages. So what's cool about this is there's a report called the source media report called super report because it is the most useful report in Google analytics. And so you go to this, this uh, source media report and it shows you all of your traffic sources. And then on the left and then over to the right, it shows you all of the results of those traffic sources. And the results are either e-commerce, if you have that set up or it's goals, which everybody can set up. Even if you don't have any technical skill at all in your body, you can set up a goal. They're, they are, simple to get started with. So you can tie traffic to results, but now it's not just, you know, which traffic source caused sales. You can see things like which traffic source caused awareness Hmm. and then which traffic source actually got them to engage and then which traffic source actually got them to complete the sale. And now you can think differently when it comes to things like Facebook, because you can say, well, this set of ads I'm going to do, this is more of content marketing play. I'm just going to make them aware of the product. If some of them accidentally buy, that's awesome. But this set of ads, its job is to cause awareness. And then as soon as awareness happens, you can say, great, now I'm going to send a new set of ads and that those are going to retarget the people who are aware. And now I'm going to send them to get engaged and make sure that they engage and scroll and really understand the message. So maybe the ad changes to testimonials of people who are using a specific product and, and other reasons to go look at the copy. And again, if they buy, they buy, that's great, but that's not what it's designed for. So then you retarget that final group with this whole other separate ads with reasons to buy today or reasons to buy now. Maybe it's a coupon code or maybe it's, you know, other, other things that you're doing, a a guarantee or, or something else that you're offering bonuses or whatever. And that all of a sudden measures to completion. And you would be able to measure that in Google analytics and you'd be able to see that story. And not, not only is it because you're using UTMs, not only is it, oh, well, Facebook caused this. It's the Facebook campaign with this particular offer caused this many people to become aware. And then the Facebook campaign with this particular offer, you know, with this goal in mind, caused people to actually engage. And then this one actually completed the sale. And you'll start to really be able to tie in attribution a little bit better. That's what I mean by you get a much better story mm-hmm. when you really get good at kind of structuring this stuff. Because you'll see it's not just Facebook causes a result. It's here's how Facebook is working. You know, this particular ad created more awareness. Then this one got more engagement. This one ultimately completed the deal. Is it under campaigns or behavior? It's under campaigns, isn't it, where you find the source medium? The source media report will be under acquisition. Oh, acquisition. Okay. Yes. You go to acquisition, then you go to all traffic, and then it's source medium. Right there's acquisition, all traffic, source medium. Now, the thing is, it defaults to whatever was the last goal that you had, you know, so there's a little drop down and you have to remember yes. to, to toggle between it. Now there's only 20 goals plus the e-commerce thing. So we have to be careful about utilizing those 20 goals, right? I mean, do you want to talk to that at all? Yeah. I mean, there are those limits there. The 20 goals are per view and you can have 25 views. So this is where it comes to really understanding the tool of analytics. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you can get totally ninja with that. That's exactly right. So you can create a view that is there for one particular product and has goals really set up to x-ray right. this one process from this product, right? And then you have another product and there's a whole different set of views that that do that uh, or, or a set of goals that are associated to that view. So that's how you do it. And, and it's important to structure your account. I Again, if you're just starting on analytics, I would say do UTMs, yep. do your goals because you get some usefulness out of it. And But then you really do want to learn how to, this, how to use this tool. I think the biggest misconception is that 
how you quote unquote set it up is by putting the script on the page or turning it on. But all that does is just activate it. It doesn't actually set it up. So you need to do the setup in the back end of, you know, setting up views and, and filters and other stuff that really make the story easy to read. But that takes a little bit of time. And so I would always start with like, get your traffic, get your, your goals, because then you'll get some very fast, quick wins. And then you'll want it more. And that's where you go, what else could this thing do? And then you get really good at it. And it's not, it's not that hard. You just got to know what to do. Yeah. One quick question is, what's the difference between a landing page and all traffic? Because if I'm not mistaken, can't you analyze both? Like I typically go under behavior mm-hmm. and I look at all pages versus landing pages and they tend to reveal slightly different data for me when I'm looking at these reports. Yep. Any particular reason why we want to look at one over the other? Yeah. I, I mean, it depends what question you're trying to answer, right? So there's a process of figuring out, you know, what we call never go into Google Analytics unarmed. So you go into this platform with a question in mind. So if your question is, okay, for example, let's use direct none, because that's like the nemesis for everybody that we got to try to figure out. Cause that means it's untagged traffic. It's right. Google's like, I don't know where they came from. They just showed up. And a lot of times if you're not tagging things like email, it's your email traffic. But let's pretend, for example, you've got some stuff that you're UTMing as much as you can, but you still have a lot of direct none and you're trying to figure it out. So the question is, man, where is all this direct none coming from? Well, one of the clues might be, well, what pages are those people seeing first? And so you can do direct none and then add in the landing pages so that you see here's the people that came in directly to the site. Here's the first page of that journey. And if you notice that all of a sudden it's the blog post that you promoted yesterday in your email, you go, aha, we missed an opportunity to tag that. Mm. And you can see that sort of stuff. So there's an example of kind of like where you go, you have a certain question, you go right to that report and you can pull that stuff up. If you're looking for kind of visit-based performance or what they call sessions in Google Analytics, but it's just the idea of like, what page did they see? And then what else happened in that visit or in that session? That's what the landing page report's really good because it'll say, hey, here are the pages they saw first and then here are all the results from everything they did during that visit. Got it. Not that page, just in that visit. So it's a matter of kind of what they call scope. So landing pages really means they landed on this page first and that's just giving you that data versus they got here through some other page on your website. Is that that's what I mean? exactly right. Landing pages is first and it, they can see other pages after that in the same visit. Don't have to, but they can. Another crazy question, which is when they hit a page and it says, what is it? The number of pages per session. Does that mean that that's the number of pages when they hit that page? Or does that mean that was the total number of pages they had in their entire session duration? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah, it's a great question. So here's how this works. So if you come into a page, we're going to do two different sessions. We're going to role play here. So let's say the first time you come into socialmediaexaminer.com directly, right? You would be direct none. You would be the landing page of socialmediaexaminer.com. And then if you left that page, now we're going to say a default setup here. If you left that page, Google Analytics would actually say that you didn't have any pages in that visit Hmm. and that you had 100% bounce because it didn't have anything to measure against. So you have to have at least two pages, which is kind of a a weird thing about analytics. Now you can change that with Tag Manager and again, with the setup of Google Analytics to get a more useful truth. But let's take a second visit. If you go to, again, socialmedia.com directly, then we click into socialmedia.com slash, you know, offer and then, or blog, let's say read a blog post. So now I've got two pages right? So it has the one page that it knows you're on. And then if you, if you leave that page, right, it'll know that you're on the one page, but it doesn't necessarily know that if, if there's anything else, there's nothing else for it to measure against. So it'll have, in that case, it'll have two page views. So you'd have zero for the one and then two for the other visit that you had. 
right? So essentially you've got a, an average of one is how that would, would sort of work. And, I, and to be honest, I wouldn't get caught up in the reports like source. You know, I should have asked you about time because I was more interested in session duration. And I know it's a similar kind of quandary, but let me explain where I'm going with this. Sure. One of the things that we often do, and I'm sure many marketers do, is we want to know whether or not the session duration is high or low because it's an indicator of interest, right? Exactly. Of engagement. So if we have a bunch of ads running on Facebook and some of them have a really short session duration, it's a signal that it's a misleading ad in my opinion, right? Because they're bouncing very quickly versus someone who's got a longer session duration. So I guess the real question is when we look at these UTM, you know, when we're looking at the source medium analysis and we see these session durations, is it assumed that that session duration came from that source medium or did they just happen to be tag? I mean, that, you understand where I'm going with this? Like, I think so. It depends on the report. So okay. if you're looking at the source media report, that's organized by traffic sources. Okay. So yes, it'll be the durations f for those traffic sources. Okay. Good. And if you're looking at the landing page report, then yes, it'd be for the landing pages ind independent of the traffic sources, right? Because it's I organized see. by landing. Page. And the real trick, and, and again, I think the, the technical aspects of it don't matter as much, Right. but the what to do with the number, like what's a good example of a bounce rate or what's a good example of session duration? And the answer is it doesn't really matter, like not really, hmm. because the truth is in the trend, the power is in the pattern. That's right. how you read these reports. So you look at it and you say, well, my average site-wide is let's say, you know, uh, a minute for session duration. And to your point, the, this particular Facebook traffic is coming in and it's, you know, 10 seconds. Right. So the other one is three minutes. So you go, okay, well, the 10 second stuff, I can safely say, if it, if it, is it really 10 seconds? Like who cares? Right. Does it really three minutes? Who cares? What I can say is that this one is a whole lot more engaged than this other one is. Yeah. And that's where the usefulness of it comes in. So you can at least get in and take action. Yeah. And, and you could go back and say, well, I'm spending a fortune for this one. They're not spending time on the site. Maybe I might cut the budget on that. Yeah. They're slipping right on through. Yep. That's exactly right. Anything else we need to know about goals? I would start with that. I think I think ACE goals is, is the, the hardest part to, is to figure out what should a goal be. So you set up, you look at your customer journey and you set up the three stages to start. You set up when somebody's aware of the thing you want them to be aware of. You set up when they complete the thing you want them to complete and you set up an engagement goal so you can measure where they're, you know, how they took steps along the way. And that way you can measure drop off. And then you start to have a better understanding of what that customer journey looks like. And you go, okay, sometimes you'll see opportunities where a lot of people are aware, but nobody engages. Well, that's a very different problem to solve than a lot of people are aware, a lot of those people still engage, but nobody buys, right? And now you have, and, and you, so you end up with the same result, which is no sales, but you're getting there in two different directions. And because you can see that using ACE goals, you can actually take better actions to optimize your own site. Facebook ads are used by most of the people listening to this podcast, yet they seem to tell a different story than Google Analytics. How do we balance this? And I know you've taught extensively on Facebook analytics and stuff as well. So you understand this a little bit, but help us. What do we need to be understanding when it comes to the different stories each of these platforms are telling us? Yeah, I, th I think it comes down to everyone has their version of the truth and no one's trying to lie to you. Facebook's not trying to lie. Google Analytics isn't trying to lie. They're just doing their version of the truth and they only have access to certain things. So Facebook analytics, if you, if you or sorry, to Facebook ads manager, let's say, if it's, you have a nice 28-day window, which most people sort of keep that default window. So if you have that 28-day window for attribution, well, if you click on an ad and you land on the page and you do not buy, but let's say you become a lead, 
later on the site. You look at the blog post or whatever, and you become a lead of that site. And then three days later, an email, let's pretend you're UTMing everything. So an email comes in and you buy from that email. Well, a pixel will normally fire a conversion pixel back to Facebook that says conversion just happened. Facebook will say, oh, I just see a conversion happened. Who do I have that matches that record? Oh, this person just clicked on this ad and it starts sending that back and says, okay, well, this ad caused this sale. Doesn't mean it happened that day. just means that within the window of attribution, within 28 days, that sale happened. And so then you go to Facebook ads manager and it says, hey, you just got a sale. And you're like, great, Facebook is awesome. Well, then you go to Google Analytics because you just want to double check. And Google Analytics is like, I see Facebook sends a bunch of traffic, but they're not doing anything. I can't see anything here, which is another reason why you say ace goals, because you will see things like awareness and engagement. But you come in there and it goes, well, okay, where did that sale come from? And it'll say, oh, well, it came from email. Well, they're, again, they're both right. It's just that the Facebook ads manager only has access to Facebook stuff. So it can only work on what, what it's got. And Google Analytics is a little more open to other platforms and, and other traffic sources. So it has bigger visibility. So it can give you a different version of the truth. No one's right or wrong. It's just two different versions of the story. So we know that Facebook contributed to the sale, but the last action, according to Google, would have been the email, right? So that's where you have to you know, use discernment, I would imagine, to try to determine the truth. Because I've had this happen, and I'm sure plenty of people have had this happen, where you've got people who are managing your Facebook ads who tell you, oh, it's working. And then you've got the Google Analytics, which is like, uh, it's not. <laughs> Here's the worst thing. So just playing devil's advocate is, is I have, let's say I have a very strong list that loves buying from me. And I start with you, you're my Facebook ads vendor. And you spend a, a bunch of money on, on engagement ads that target my audience to go click on my blog posts. So you do that. And two days later, I mail out those same people. So there is no way to become a lead, let's pretend. And I just mail out those people. I'm going to get a ton of sales that are going to be attributed to Facebook. But is it really Facebook that caused that? Or is it me emailing the list, right? And so Facebook would say, hey, we totally caused that because that's what it's being told. And then analytics would be told, no, email did it because that's what it would see. And that's where you, you, know, you kind of have to go like, okay, well, if we keep measuring it in this way, sometimes you can't get it. You're always going to have a kind of a cloudy story. So maybe you measure it differently. Maybe if it comes from email, you don't tell Facebook that a conversion happened. Like you could do things like that. You could set up ACE goals and say, well, the goal of the Facebook campaign is not to get people to buy. It's to get people to engage with blog posts. And so you set that up as the goal. Or you could just do what we do and say, Google Analytics is our single source of truth. And that's all we care about. I mean, I personally mostly do that because yeah. that's the thing that has access to all the traffic sources right. so you can get the biggest story. What's the window for Google versus Facebook? You said it was 28 days on Facebook. What about Google? Like if I click on an email and then three days later I buy it, is it going to attribute it to the email if I'm using UTMs? And what if it's 30 days later? Like what's Google's typical window? So I'll tell you, Google's default window is longer than you think it is. It's six months. What? So okay, wow. Months, right, it's called the campaign timeout in the in the settings section of Google. That's why I talk about it. It's so important to understand how to set this tool up. Now, the reason that's not, I mean, it is a big deal, but it's not, is there's a lot more traffic sources coming back there, right? So basically, it's like if, I got tagged as email traffic and I had no other traffic source that brought me back to the site with the exception of email and I just came back direct none all the time, then email for a period of up to six months would, by default, would be the last known traffic source and that would get credit for everything that I did for that campaign timeout. But that's unlikely. I'm going to click on another email a couple of days later and that'll tag me. It's different traffic, you know, with different details. So that's why it's not that big a deal. But that said... I like tightening up attribution windows. So I, you know, my, my thing is like, how fast should this Facebook ad 
do the thing I needed to do? And then how fast should this email do the thing I needed to do? So I might do in, in Google Analytics, I typically do like a seven day window and that's it because my transactions are faster, right? They're, they're digital, like, like most things online. And so you can go there and it's like, buy the shirt or don't buy the shirt. Or in my case, buy the course or don't buy the course. And you can do that uh, in, in Facebook and Google, right? Like if we have a three week promo for a campaign and it's never longer than three weeks and we could set a 21 day attribution. Is that right? Yeah, 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 of course. I believe so. There are presets. Or maybe it's 30 days or 28 days. But it'll be like 14 days or something. But you can definitely shorten it. And that's the goal is to really like say, okay, what this, and this is why I like ACE goals, because that concept of like this Facebook campaign, yes, somebody might accidentally buy the product, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get them to go to the blog post so I can get them to virtually raise their hand and say that they're interested in this type of messaging so that I can go tell the second Facebook ad campaign to change to have that next level conversation with those people, right? Who have raised their hands and shown interest. And that one does a little bit better job of getting them focused on the sales page. And that's, and now I'm going to measure engagement on the sales page. And then for people who did not engage, then I'm going to try to repitch them with a third set of ads that says, okay, here's, you know, stronger closing messages, more urgency, more scarcity, whatever the thing is that needs them, you know, to, to cross the line within a, a couple of days. And if they don't buy, then they just follow the campaign. But otherwise I can measure all that in analytics. And then I can see that working. I can say, it's not just, oh, Facebook caused sales. It's no, this Facebook caused this many people to become aware, this many people to engage, and of those, this many people to purchase. When we're interpreting results inside of Google Analytics, do you have any quick tips on kind of what we should be looking for? Cause like when I do in results, you know, like I'm looking for oddball variances, right? I'm looking for outside of the obvious goals, right? I, I'm looking for like, you know, does this have a lot of traffic and no conversions? I mean, I don't know. What are the basic things? Cause it's a big ass table for part, part of my French, but there's a yeah. lot of data and your eyes could roll back. <laughs> yeah, there is. I'll tell you. So this is how we, I'm going to, I'm going to back up a little bit and kind of give you another framework to look at. So we, we have the five pillars of measurement marketing when we teach it. It's planning which is figuring out which questions are important to answer, what information you need to get those answers, what actions will you take based on the answers you get. Then you do your build out, which is like, you know, tag manager and analytics setup and stuff. Then you do your reports, which is looking at the source media report or maybe building a data studio dashboard. But then there's forecasting. And this is where I think most people skip because they, they just, it's, you need to market forward. Most people are, are, talk, are doing what you're talking about, which is let's go into the data and figure out where that, mystical jade monkey statue is it's going to make me give me the magic insights <laughs> that's going to make me a better marketer right and and everybody treats it like that i did too but it's like you're hacking through this data jungle all the time trying to find this one thing that if only you could recognize it, it would it would turn things around but instead of that go into it with here's what should have happened did it happen right because then those insights light up. They don't become hidden anymore. And you don't have to, it's not about like, well, gee, what do I go look for? And it's like, no, just you expected Facebook traffic to get, again, if you were forecasting it, if you're using ACE goals, you would be able to, assuming you, you had the numbers and the measurements down, you'd be able to say something like, okay, this Facebook campaign has spent a hundred bucks. I should have at least 50 people aware of the product. And then you would be able to measure for that and say, did it make 50 people aware? Yes, it did. Great. Mm -hmm. Now this other campaign, I spent 50 bucks and I should have 20 people, 25 people engaged. Did 25 people engage? Great. Yes. Then this other campaign, I spent 25 bucks and it should have at least five people closed. Did they? No, nobody closed. Okay. Did not perform as expected. Let's go back and figure out why. I like that. Is it because I sent up to the wrong page? Did the ad not run properly? Was the headline off? Was the image off? Was there not congruent there? You know, and then you can keep doing that. So like we have something called the eyes on the journey report um, that we customize and it's in the way that we did it. I wanted to know 
again, that conversation that was happening on the page. So in our offer pages, we have the impression, which is where the page first loads. We have introduced, which is they're there 10 seconds later. We have interested, which is they've scrolled halfway down within 30 seconds. We have investigated, which is they saw the offer for at least three seconds, looking at it in the browser window for at least three seconds. And then we have initiated, which is, okay, took a click to move forward. So I have a very good idea of what I, you know, cause not hundred percent of the people are not going to, you know, that show up on the page are going to take that journey, but I have an understanding of what good looks like when it comes to the drop off and the fall offs. And so I can look at my sales page and say, are they performing the way they're supposed to? And if I see one that's really kind of fat at the top where lots of people are, are impressioned and introduced, but like nobody's interested and nobody's investigating, then I go, okay, I have top copy lead issue problems. And if I see people that are interested, but no one's actually investigating, which means they're not looking at the offer for three minutes or, or three seconds, then I go, okay, I have to change the offer, change the compelling, or I got to change that body copy because I'm there, I'm losing them in the middle, but I can work with my copywriting team to adjust the messaging because of that, because I can see all of that. Awesome. Mercer, this was amazing. I know that a lot of people are going to make other people listen to this <laughs> podcast and they'll probably be doing what I'm about to do, which is to make people in their company like, Hey, I think we need to redo our UTMs or, Hey, we need to set up some more goals. And I know we've just scratched the surface of what you offer. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can discover more about you and everything you've got going on? Sure. So measurementmarketing.io is our main site. We've got a ton of stuff out there. I tell you, we have something new called the Toolbox Membership, which is free weekly training videos. They cover there for, they kind of range of topics. So you've got people that are just getting started, people that are more on the strategy end. We have trainings for them, people that are a little bit more advanced. And then we have a what's new where we'll cover new topics that come up over the last 30 days or so that change with the platforms. And we've got about, oh, I want to say 40 some odd tools back there now that are completely free. So traffic tracking toolkits that are back there, dashboard building toolkits that are back there. There is a lot that is back there. It is a massive value, um, if I do say so myself. But measurementmarketing.io, it's called the Toolbox Membership. And if you go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash social, it'll take you directly to that. So measurementmarketing.io forward slash social. Let me just make a couple of uh, strong advisors that you check out his his stuff. First of all, you want to look at how he formats his UTMs, right? So when you when you put in measurementmarketing.io slash social, you're going to be able to see exactly how he chooses to tag this particular appearance on this podcast. But more importantly, I can tell you that there is absolutely nobody on the planet who understands Google Analytics and teaches it as clearly as Chris does. Chris Mercer, sorry, <laughs> he goes by Mercer. Uh, he is literally the guy. And I would strongly advocate that if you found this helpful and you want to continue down the fascinating journey of deeper understanding of analytics and tools and tag manager and all that stuff that you absolutely have to check out his stuff. So say that URL one more time. Sure. Measurementmarketing.io forward slash social. Mercer, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insights with us. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks again for having me, Mike. Hey, if I mentioned anything or Mercer mentioned anything and you missed it, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 408. If you're new to the show, would you do me a favor? Hit the subscribe button. If you're a regular listener of the show, would you do me a favor? Would you let your friends know about this show? Thanks in advance. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media 
continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.